Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite podcast, Down for the Count. As always, I am Alexis, and with me tonight is Janae and Tiff. Nicole was busting her butt today, and she is tired, so she is going to take the night off because she deserves it. Uh, everyone say hi. Hola, people. It's crack lacking, homies. <laughs> And before we start, we just want to say, uh, by the time the episode comes out, happy late Mother's Day to all the moms, grandmas, aunts, and mother figures that you have in your life. And if you don't have any like that, we're your mom figures. And I want to make sure that you drink your water and take your vitamins and take care of yourself. So that being said, uh, we got a lot on the docket. We're going to talk a lot about news that is going on in the wrestling world. Uh, Let's start off with a story of mine that I absolutely freaking love this week. Made my week so much better. Uh, So if y'all are not aware, there's a website called Deadspin. They do like usually like news articles and the like. Well, there was a writer for the website and uh, they went after, no, they basically gave the burial of Cody Rhodes uh, this week. Uh, what was it called? Like Cody Rhodes? What? Hold on a second. I'm I'm trying to pull it up. Is it, is like it, Cody it was too good to just not say the title, right? <laughs> too good to not say the title. It says Cody Rhodes need to fuck off more than anyone has ever fucked off in the history of fucking off. Now, before we start, this is not insulting Cody Rhodes' character at all. We are not personally coming after Cody Rhodes. We are just talking about the uh, article itself. We are not bashing him, Brandy, or their unborn unborn child. If you guys believe that, kindly fuck off, because we don't need you to listen. Um, So if you go on Deadspin, it's still up there, and this this writer... Yeah, his name is Sam, Sam Fells. I think it's Sam. Well, Sam, you are the bad bitch of the week because oh my fucking god, he did not hold back. No, the truth is the article, although it has a very eye-catching title, um, for most of the article, what he's talking about is the booking of AEW in terms of Cody Rhodes' status. And what it just details is how Cody is eating up a lot of time on AEW Dynamite with unnecessary feuds and rivalries that don't last but maybe a week or two, if that. And most of the time, there's no substance to them. They just literally are a feud that pops up out of nowhere. I And I have to agree. The last time I watched AEW was AEW Revolution. And I remember... At that that dynamite after that, they had Pentagon and Cody Rhodes going at it. So I thought Pentagon and Rhodes were gonna have a fight. Did anything ever come of that? From what I personally remember, that's a hard no. I think they had one match, and that was because Pentagon insulted Cody's daughter. Yeah, hey, he with the um, the her Brandy's and his unborn daughter. That was the dynamite after revolution, and right. then after that, they they had a fight, and then it was over. That's usually the st- the extent of Cody Rhodes's rivalries and fights. Like they're not they're not any further now. 
Where I disagree with the um, author in this sense is his assessment of having Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks at the top of the mountain as well. He said it probably wouldn't be so bad if Cody had a title, then he can understand it. I don't understand it either way. And I'm going to tell you why. Cody doesn't need to be built. And if you're going to have a company that has longevity, if you're going to be the one to put the company on your back, then at some point, somebody else has to be able to surpass you, right? See, You would think that because he decided he was never going to hold the AEW championship, which I'm sure at some point that's going to change. <laughs> he has never held that title, but he held the secondary title in the company, which is the TNT championship. It just seems like he makes sure that his booking is loud and boisterous and it's going to be seen. And what really took me out in this article was when he said, <laughs> the author said, you will never be the Miz because you just don't have it in you. He literally obliterated Cody with one line. And the sad part about that is, is that it's true. It's very obvious what's happening here. And, it, and a lot of people who are just bandwagon fans just don't see it, you know? And that's fine. If he's your favorite and you love him, cool, great. But you have to be able to peel back the layers at some point. In this case, when you're looking at Cody and then you look at the way he compared him to Miz, they do have, I mean, Cody comes from wrestling royalty too. I mean, more specifically, he does, okay? Cody mm -hmm. is the son of the American dream. You know what I'm saying? He, it's, come on, he's a Rhodes. So you expect yeah. a lot from him, but he's not, he doesn't have the charisma that his father had. He doesn't, he, have, doesn't, he doesn't even have half the charisma his brother has. He doesn't have the presence and he just doesn't have the personality. Where he does have it is in the looks department. He's not a bad looking dude. So he, he works more specifically, like him and Ted DiBiase are even killed. Ted DiBiase Jr. Because it, it makes sense. You understand why. Both of them are like mediocre wrestlers. They're okay looking dudes. They're not necessarily somebody who stands out personality wise, wrestling wise, looks wise. They just don't have it. They're someone who would roll in the roll call, but not necessarily be the star. And I don't think Cody could really accept that. So he's been doing everything in his power to disprove what, of course, WWE thought or what he thought WWE thought of him. And now that he has the company with everyone else, he has positioned himself to be the end-all be-all of the company. Whether it's with the belt or not, Cody is the gateway. He's the door. So it's interesting to me that you, you're, you're getting the, 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 the reality show. You need to have the reality show to chronicle your life with your wife and your, your future daughter. And then you have, you know, you're on a reality show where you're judging 
other people's talents. Okay, cool. And then <laughs> you, you nor Brandy, and this is no shade. I'm just being honest. You nor Brandy have the charisma nor the personality of what Maurice and Mike Mazanin have. And every time you use AEW as leverage to position yourself to make yourself appear to be better, it just, it's, it's going to look like you want all the spotlight and no one else can get in. This is my issue with with Cody. Um, and again, I can't believe I'm gonna have I have to keep repeating this. We are not personally attacking Cody Rhodes or Brandy, okay? Um, I don't even know why I had to fucking say that to begin with. Anyway, my my issue with Cody is that I am always the person who's gonna hype you up. Like if you wanna like prove to somebody that you have improved and that they missed an opportunity with you, I'm all for it, okay? Like run on spite, show them what they missed, like what they're missing out on, show them what they fucked up with, you know? Um, but I've watched, I've watched some Cody Rhodes match, you know, when he was like in New Japan and Ring of Honor, when like he really started like quote unquote building himself up, you know? Um, he never did really anything to, to really make my jaw drop. If anything, the people that he were, he was going up against, they were the ones where I was like, oh shit, you know, like, fuck. Like these guys are the ones actually putting in the work. And it, and we've been saying this for months for a mid Carter, Cody Rhodes has one of the most extravagant entrances I have ever seen, not only in AEW, but for someone who wants to be a mid-card wrestler. Like, he's got the pyro, he's got the grand reveal when, like, the backstage lifts up. Uh, you know, he's got the, you know, it's crazy, and his entrance is so damn, his entrance is longer than Jericho. It's longer than his matches. Exactly. Okay, that too. But, like, it's just like he his crossroads are sloppy and i'm just like dude like fuck like come on and it's like the last time i remember him having a legit feud this because again it shows how long um i'm still not watching the product but i'm keeping up on the news and stuff the last main big rivalry that i remember cody having was with Brody Lee and the only and like we didn't know at the time but it's like he won the title back because Brody was having his health issues yeah and you know that still hurts to think about that you know shit like there's a big like I I know I don't try to bring it down but it's like I can't watch AEW because I know Brody Lee's missing and that really just makes me upset still um but it's just, you're not good, dude. And then like, okay, Janae. <laughs> me, yeah. and Janae me and Janae were talking about this. When they're having the, the brass ring, hemorrhoid pillow hanging from a pole shit at the last show. Okay? So we're, we love Scorpio Sky here at the show. We, we love him a lot. Janae loves him more than the three of us combined. <laughs> I do. I really do. 
She lo- she she's single, Scorpio. Hit her up. She she good. Um, Hi. <laughs> we were we were talking about this in our little group chat that we have, and she brought up a really good point. We were talking about this that uh, at the show, Cody was in the match for that hemorrhoid pillow looking thing, and he got hurt. Now this is one of the oldest wrestling bs tricks in the book where the guy gets injured it's usually like a three-way or a four-way or something and then he gets injured like the guy who's gonna win gets injured he goes into the back and then miraculously he gets healed by like some pagan goddess or some bullshit like that and then he runs back to the ring and they win it's the oldest fucking trick in the book you see it every fucking time uh last time i remember seeing it was kurt angle when he filled uh filled in for roman for the shield at TLC. Yeah. And then Kurt got hurt and then he came back. He came with theme song and then he was like the guy who got the win. It yeah. wasn't Rome, it wasn't Seth, it wasn't Dean, it or Mox. It was fucking uh Kurt. I remember. And that's the last time I remember seeing it. So like Cody gets injured and he comes back out and everyone automatically's like, "Ah, shit. Like he's going to win this, isn't he?" And then he still loses. He still fucking loses this after getting the grandioso holy shit this dude's gonna win bullshit. It doesn't happen. So what the fuck is he, I just want to know like, what the fuck are you trying to do? Because I get it, you want to honor your dad but you need to start being yourself and I think maybe deep down he has like a lot of issues where he has to make himself look strong because of who his dad and his brother is. And I hate that, you know, you never want to be compared to like your siblings or your parents. I get that. But Cody, you got to, you got to show us why we need to like in 20 years from now, when my kid talks about wrestling, why Cody Rhodes should be a big fucking deal instead of me going, nah, he was not worth the fucking hype. All he was known for was being Dusty Rhodes' son. And picking piggybacking off of the Bullet Club that was already built before you got there, right? You never. And from what I've what I've seen from just talking to people online, if you're talking to OG Bullet Clubs, do not uh, fans don't mention Cody because they will oof. That's like opening a can of worms that I was not expecting, but it fucking <laughs> happened. <laughs> but I just I don't get it. It's just like you would think like. You see wrestlers leave WWE all the fucking time. Yeah. They leave. And what do they do? They either powder out, they find something else, or they're like, fuck you. I'm going to show you what I'm capable of. And then look, Drew McIntyre's a perfect fucking example of this. He's a perfect example of that. Yeah. Bobby Lashley's a, another prime example. Yeah. WWE, like, they saw what they were doing, and WWE begged them to come back. And they had the opportunity to go, nah, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys. And that's, I'm going to do this. That's what, what they should do, though. That's what you're supposed to do. Oh, like, you he's going to come back like, behind, behind the scene guy. And, you know, but I mean, it's just like, he has, it's like all the attention has to be on him. He has this grandioso entrance for a mid Carter. Yeah. And I was, I asked my husband this. I'm like, do you, re-? and I'm going to ask you guys this. Do you remember a mid Carter? Even at WrestleMania, where it seems like everybody gets fucking pyro because everyone wants that big fucking entrance at WrestleMania. Yeah. Do you <laughs> ever remember a mid-carder getting 
a grandioso entrance like Cody. The Miz don't even have that kind of entrance. The Miz, I don't know. Won the title at Mania. Well, he retained it, right? He kept it at Mania and he still didn't have that. I don't consider, like, this is weird. Like, I know people are like, oh, Miz is, you know, I see blah, blah, blah. I kind of see Miz, like, in the lower upper card, if that makes sense. Like, like somebody he, who could most definitely be champion, like, big-time champion, but they are, they're stuck in the mid-card? Well, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I give Miz a lot of shit, but, like, you know, his character and his work ethic and, you know, all this stuff, you could put him, if you want to make decent baby faces or you want to make a heel, a baby face for a hot second, put them up against the Miz. Because people, by the end of this feud, people will be rooting for you to whoop his ass. Like, they don't care. Like, someone just please knock this dude out, fucking clock him in the jaw so his mouth gets wired for like a month and a half. Like, please do something. You know, um, it's always fun to watch him get his comeuppance but he's good on the promo and that's what this guy says in the article he's good on the promo he fucking cut a promo during a softball game like out of nowhere he did so like props to Miz because it's just like and I mean Miz has longevity when we first saw this guy coming out his like little freaking bedazzled dorts or in fedora oh god Marie's my I hope she saw that shit and she's like nope burnt it like in a fucking bonfire but um you know like we, we didn't take this guy seriously and who fucking knew like 10 15 years later he'd still be doing a WWE and like fucking putting on great shows and he's helping people get over because the Miz the Miz knows what it's like he you know he's busted his ass he's done what he's needed to do he's proved himself that he's you know not just a fucking gimmick and you can use him to get people over and Miz would be okay with that but Cody doesn't seem to understand that this is 50 50 you have like wrestling it's like okay I'll, I'll say this and then I'll let Janae talk wrestling is fucking storytelling okay you have your protagonist no matter if they're anti-hero whatever you have your protagonist and you have your antagonist okay and you want you have to have some sort of balance you can't just be throwing fucking shit together like he was fucking fighting that one asshole in AEW Peter Avalon who honestly should stay at dark because this boy is, mm, I'm sorry, you're not good at wrestling, but like (laughs) they're building it up to be like this huge like triple mania uh, fucking Wrestlemania Survivor Series match and I'm like, this is the dude who used to be a librarian. That was his gimmick and now he's like a ladies man or some bullshit. I'm just like, dude, my six-year-old could like break you over her knee. And they're trying to build him up like a threat to Cody. And I'm just like, he he wants the attention, but he doesn't want to make any sacrifices. He always wants to make himself look good. And I get everybody who does that. But if you're in a company, especially a company that you own, that everybody and their fucking brother knows that you own, you don't have to keep saying, hey guys, I'm the best wrestler in the world because you're not. 
You don't have to be your dad. You don't have to be your brother. Just fucking be you and run a company. Like, goddamn. Do you need to prove that? I mean, because it seems like he he wants to prove that. But what all does he have to prove? He they they. I don't know. Maybe maybe Janae could come in and 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 say something because (laughs) Janae just been sitting there. I don't know. I don't know, um, but it seems to me like he's trying to prove a lot of shit. It's so overcompensating. I waited because I was like, I got some things I want to say. Um, so I've said this on the podcast and I've said it to Tiff, Nicole, and Alexis. And this is just my opinion, but I feel like I'm like 99.9999% sure. <laughs> Cody, so Cody is the VP of the company. He's the vice president of the company. Right. We do know Tony Khan and QT Marshall. Mm-hmm. They do both shows. But you cannot tell me that Cody isn't involved in his own booking. And I feel like he's booking himself in AEW the way that he feels like he should have been booked while he was in WWE. Now, okay, so to give Janae credit, she is correct. Because yes. there is an article out there that details how... The pay-per-views are set up and Cody is heavily involved in the pay-per-views and in producing matches on the shows. So yes, Cody is involved in how his matches are booked and who he goes up against. Him, QT Marshall, and Khan work together to book the shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's my whole thing. I think he's booking himself the way that he wished he would have been booked or how he thought he should have been booked in WWE. Now I will say on the article, everything that guy said in the article, I've, we've all been saying it. I've said it on multiple occasions. Do I agree with the title that he said that, that he put up there? No, I don't. But again, it's a title to grab everybody's attention to get you to read the article. Would I have worded that title that way? Absolutely not. Because when you no. look at the title, when you look at the title, you kind of, you it will be hard for people to kind of like take you serious in a sense. Like if you have an AEW fan, that's like a little bit more open. It's not so uh, such a hardcore AEW fan, but then they read that title. You're kind of like making them looking at it in a negative way. So when you read the article, you're like, I can't even take this guy seriously. Look at his title. But besides the title, when you look at the article itself and you read it again, he is the VP. If you notice when big things happen, majority of the time, who's there? Yes. When Mike Tyson came out to introduce the TNT title, who was there? He was. Who got the TNT title? He did. When Sting came out and they had the whole thing with Sting and Darby Allen, who happened to be in the ring? He was with him. When Snoop Dogg had his thing, who was there? He was there for that too. When Shaquille O'Neal had his thing, who was there? He was involved in that too. So it's just like, if you start to realize the pattern, he's usually there for a lot of the big things. Now, I don't know if it's because, well, we trust Cody Rhodes or Cody Rhodes is like, I'm, I'm going to take this. When Alexis was talking about the whole uh, grabbing the brass ring ladder match. Now I will say there were matches where that has happened and they didn't win. Sasha Banks is an example. Uh, when she had her Hell in a Cell match with Charlotte, they put on a stretcher. She was like, oh my God, no, my back's fine. And they had the match. She didn't win. Those things do happen, but when you look at that match, it's because it was a one-on-one match. She was still the main focus. So was Charlotte. When you look at this ladder match, to my knowledge, if I can remember, 
it wasn't just Scorpio Sky and um, Cody Rhodes left in the oh, ring. No, I'm pretty sure. no, 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 that I'm was the sure. big man match. It was multiple people in that. Yeah, match. there was multiple people in the match. So for him to get, you know, injured, everyone, everybody runs out and then, you know, they run to the back. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's this, I'm going to work through the pain because that's the kind of wrestler that I am. And then he comes out and then he still doesn't win. It's like, how does that help Scorpio Sky in his win? Because you just made it look like I'm the hardest wrestler, working wrestler because I'm working through the pain. It just looks like he's always trying to prove that he's the heart and soul of the company. Yeah, and it's just like, there's just certain things that AEW stands on. And they're like, oh, well, he helped put people over. I'm just like, who? Well, he helped put MJF over. I, I will say this until I, my mouth is bleeding, my teeth fall out, my tongue falls out. MJF, MJF never needed to, be, needed to be put over. He's the best heel, the best promo AEW has on that roster. They just needed to book him right. If they just would have booked him right, he wouldn't have needed to be put over by Cody Rhodes. And then you go into this thing where it's like, well, Cody Rhodes put the stipulation that he'll never have, he will never be able to challenge for the main title. And it's like on the outside, that looks cool because, oh, the VP of established wrestling company is saying that he's not going to put, he's not going to go for the belt. On the outside, that looks good because it's like, he's not trying to hog the spotlight from these other wrestlers. But when you look at it, he's still in the spotlight. Now, I'm not saying this because he's the VP that he shouldn't be allowed to wrestle and he shouldn't be allowed on TV, but some of those things should be used for other people. When you look at his storyline with Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall, it was supposed to be the Nightmare Factory against the ex-Nightmare Factory. I would have preferred that you had the actual wrestlers from each faction go, go off and have matches. Not between QT and, and Cody, this should have been more like they were the managers. You didn't even build these guys up except for, I think, I can't remember, things like Komodo or something like that. You built him okay, decently well. But some of these guys couldn't even catch a win. You're looking at QT's team. Aaron Fallow is on that team. This man hasn't won a match. He gets, he gets beat on a dark. If he's had, he probably maybe has won one match. So it's like you have this faction versus faction, but it's, it's just between you two the booker and the VP of the company. Where are your other guys? Shouldn't they be having one-on-one matches? Shouldn't they be having something? But it's between- Not to mention their BFFs, because to be honest, I never even heard of QT Marshall till fucking AEW, and then they started selling that he was Cody's best friend. I, yeah. I have to agree. I didn't know who he was either. Yeah, and then in, in another when you go into him winning the TNT title, did he really need to win that though? No. Well, they couldn't give him the, the big title because he promised yeah. he would never and that's, challenge for it again. And that's, and that's where that's where, um, that's where I went. I was like, so you say you're not going to challenge for the main title, so you make sure you, you get whether Cutie Marshall at the time was still a booker, which I don't think he was, Tony Khan or whatever, you booked yourself to win that match when you could have easily given that belt to Darby Allen in the first place. You could have given that to um, Orange, Orange Cassidy, Cassidy in the first place. I believe at that time, you probably could, you could have given it to Scorpio Sky. You could have given it to someone from Jurassic Express. You could have given that, you could have given that to, to a lot of people, but you took it upon yourself to put the belt on you. 
And then you have these matches. I'm not going to say they were horrible matches. You had good matches. You were the workhorse of the title. You put that title on the line all the time. You did. But this is the way I would have booked it. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. Okay, so you dropped it to Brody Lee. That's totally fine. I'm all for that. You shouldn't have gotten that title back. What should have happened is you should have got your rematch and lost. Then you could have booked Darby Allen against Brody Lee because when you look at Darby Allen, this man will put his body through the ringer. That man will not stay down. And that would have been a really great story where Brody Lee just couldn't put him down and Darby Allen won the title. You made it a conscious effort on yourself to be like, Darby Allen's going to take the title off of me. Like it was supposed to be a bigger deal if he took it off of you. Now, granted, I will give him kudos that he was one of those guys where he was going to be gone, so he dropped the title. I like that. If you have a title, you should be on TV. You shouldn't be out chilling and only showing up when it's like a pay-per-view or something like that. So I was like, I gave he's him that. Trying, he's trying to be like Brock Lesnar. Well, well he dropped the title, so... He dropped the title because he had to leave. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I give him kudos for that because instead of him just leaving with the title for 30 days, he dropped the title, did what he had to do, and then came back for it. So I give him kudos for that. But you can't tell me that this man isn't booking himself to still be a presence because none of his feuds have the, the best feud he, he had for me. I don't even know if it's like really a feud. Well, it was a, him and MJF. That was a good feud. I'm not gonna lie. It was a good feud. But that was a good feud. But, well, but there was all these fucking stipulations that Cody had to overcome and then he lost. And it's like, what was the point of you taking, taking 10 belt lashings, dude? <laughs> I just think for him I think he needs to realize you are the VP again I'm not saying that you shouldn't be a wrestler and wrestle in the ring because you're the VP of the company but I think when you put yourself in that position and you have that title above your head company comes first so I would rather see you do more company things than you having long brand entrances with you know the fireworks and you you have these feeds like if you want to do cold matches every once in a while that's fine better yet go on dark go on elevation and wrestle some unknown indie talent and put on a good match you can still win the match that's fine when you're it might be that manager that's like helping your uh nightmare factory team beat a cutie marshall's team but you're putting yourself in these matches you're making sure anytime there's a big promotional thing going on you're more than likely there when it's happening so i agree with the article i just don't agree with the title i think the title is definitely an attention grabber I, a lot I of journalists do that. <laughs> i mean it because you read it and the guy broke it down now do i think cody rhodes needs to actually fuck off no but i think he needs to put his company first and him second I I I get where Janae's coming from. It's not professional to have the article titled that way. And she is right. It does turn off people who could genuinely get some a better understanding from reading the article, but because it comes out with guns blazing the way that it does, it will turn certain people off. So I'm I I understand it. I just I think the article is hilarious. I think the title of the article is hilarious. And you're like, wait a minute, why is this dude so mad? So you read it, and when he really takes it and breaks it down piece by piece, and what really got me was he was like, 
all this time you're spending promoting Cody Rhodes, that slot could be given to your women's division. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He is absolutely 100% correct because we all know that the women get one match on Dynamite. If that it's five minutes or less and they have a decent division. They've got Chris Statlander back there. They've got Penelope Ford. Britt Baker has solidified herself. Big Swole is there. You've got all these women there. You're signing. You've got 92 superstars back there. And you're telling me maybe a quarter of them are women. And you're not using any of them. Big Swole had a a title shot, never got it. She's been bumped. They're giving it to Britt Baker, okay? Britt Baker has been three weeks cutting promos and acting a fool on TV, and she finally getting her shot against Sheeta. I'll be shocked if that bitch wins. If Sheeta wins, no. I think think Britt Baker is going to win. Okay. Britt should have been champion already. She should have won a long time ago, though. If y'all, I, I don't have a lot of faith. And I told y'all I stopped watching AEW. But I don't have no faith that she went good for Britt Baker because she deserves it. But I have a feeling that she going to keep it. They're going to keep going in the direction they've been going in. But it's not, it's not working, though. If she to keep it, you know what's up. Mm. Speaking of not say. working... <laughs> <laughs> Let's move into this podcast that Booker T was on. He had a conversation. I can't think of the other guy's name. Um, What's his name? Some asshole. Brian something. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. (laughs) It's sad because I'm I'm, I'm on the main video. She is the one who sent it. (laughs) So... So what's Booker running his mouth his about name is now? Brad Gilmore. So it was, it's the Hall of Fame with Brad Gilmore and Booker T. And it's on YouTube. And they were talking about the AEW Impact relationship. Now, I'm going to play it so you guys can hear this clip that Janae sent. And I just want you to hear what they said. Okay? Now, what they're going to do is Booker T is going to give his thoughts. And then Brad is going to read um Jericho's response to people alluding to an invasion and how this relationship between Impact and AEW is working out for Impact. All right? All right. I just not, did not think it was a good idea from a company perspective. And now when Jericho was talking, the question was asked about an invasion angle. exactly what Jericho said, this was an interview that he gave to comicbook.com. He said, I think our involvement with Impact has been pretty much what it should be. I'm not saying this in an egotistical way, but AEW is at a much completely different level than Impact. So anything that we're doing with them benefits them a lot more than it benefits us, in my opinion. And I think the fact that they've had Kenny Omega there, they've had a private party there, that's a bonus for them. Chris Jericho will never go to Nashville and work in front of an empty studio uh, there's just no reason for me to do that. If those guys come over to invade, what are they going to bring? If we needed to make it big, we could. But right now, our roster is so jam-packed, and we're doing such a great job of creating our own stars. 
you could always do an invasion angle at some point, but I just don't see why that really benefits AEW. I want to keep the focus and the spotlight on our talent. So that's what he said. <laughs> now, we've been talking about the relationship between AEW and Impact for quite some time since it was announced that they were going to have this relationship. Now, I had a live last night where I talked about this briefly. And the reality is the relationship is very parasitic. AEW uses what they feel they need in terms of, you know, making sure they can utilize this pseudo weird way of bringing the Bullet Club to AEW. They also are leeching off of the fact that Kenny Omega has become this belt collector. You know, he's always been known as the cleaner and now he's the belt collector. And Dater's like, well, he has the A, the AAA title, so why don't he collect some more belts, you know? I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna let the other ladies go and then I'll go last. The reality is from, and then you hear what Jericho says, it really does give you a lot of insight into how he feels about impact and what he thinks of them. The mere fact that he says Chris Jericho isn't going to wrestle in front of an empty crowd baffles me because you wrestle in front of an empty crowd in your own company. Just because you have wrestlers out there doesn't mean that that's a, a capacity or you guys have a crowd. You have a limited number of people that can be there. Impact is responsible enough and understands that they can't have people there. And I'm pretty sure the venue is what determines if you can have someone there or not. Now, to be fair, Booker T did say he didn't know if Jericho was in character or not. But to answer a question like this that has to do with the relationship between AEW and Impact, you would have to be out of character because this is about business. This isn't about you as Chris Jericho, the wrestler. So I'm going to let Alexis go and then Janae, you can go after that and then I'll close it out. I think it's a load of shit, honestly. Um, them saying, especially the, the part where he said that AEW is, excuse me, miles ahead of a of T and of Impact. Like the fuck, the fuck. Like, I mean, it's just like. I mean, like they said, it could Jericho could have been in character. We're not completely sure, but it's like I, this whole thing has been fucking one-sided as shit. Um, I know we're gonna talk about it, but like you got Kenny having his little friend Nak Nakazawa carry around his title, and they're treating Impact like there's this this low pack this low pack this low ring tier company when meanwhile fucking impact has been doing great they like i i mean mlw and impact like honestly they are the only wrestling promotions that have really gotten my attention and it's just like you're gonna sit here and shit on this company because for some reason they're letting you do whatever to their guys 
I, dude, all I'm just saying is if, if, if Sammy Callahan is going to be the one going up against Omega, Sammy better start showing up and just wrecking shit like they should have been doing months ago. Cause I'm so tired of the one sided bullshitness that they're trying to say that AEW is this great company and impact shit. Impact is not fit. I don't, I don't understand why they're shitting on this company. And it's like, Jeremy was like, oh, I'll never wrestle an impact. And it's like, dude, they don't want you. They learned from their previous mistakes. Okay. Like that, like that legit made me fucking mad. Like I'm ready to, I'm ready to fight. I just, I don't, they're, I, I don't like the fact I'm not an impact fan girl by any means, but I am loving what they're doing with Slam Anniversary coming up where they're showing uh, Laurel Vanessa, AKA Chelsea Green, uh, Mickey James, Samoa Joe, and they're like, legends come home. And I'm like, oh shit, like that would be a fucking power play right there. They're sitting here shitting on this company. And I mean, I've said it before, Impact should have been dead a long time ago, but this is still fucking going. And their women's division is, AEW could only dream of their women's division being that good. In a two-hour show for Impact, I think I watched one Impact a long time ago. In a two-hour show, there was three women's matches. Or the women were shown on TV. Like... I'm, I, I mean, all I, I'm just going to finish up saying, because I'm legit fucking mad, but they really need to stop treating Impact like they're this up and coming, plucky young company that needs uh, fucking AEW. Because let me remind you guys, your beloved little Kenny Omega worked in Impact. Your little young bucks were Generation Me and fucking TNA. <clears throat> and they sucked. And they are, they're doing the same thing they were doing 20 fucking something years ago. They still suck. They still suck. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not an Impact fangirl. I'm, so I'm not trying to come out sounding like I am. But it's like, I'm tired of this company who's only been around for fucking two years, two and a half years, two years, something like that. I'm so tired of them shitting on Impact. Like, I'm tired of this one-sided deal that they got going on. And to quote Nicole from last week, when all this is said and done, whoever arranged that fucking deal needs to be fired. Because this is absolute bullshit. Complete bullshit. And that's all I really got to say on that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be calm right now so well I agree with what, what Booker T said it's not a good deal and Booker T's not the only one and I'm not talking about as fans of wrestling no he's and I've said this good. isn't a good idea we're talking about people who have actually been in the industry that have wrestled um in WWE that have wrestled in Impact that have been backstage that knows the ins and outs more than we do that uh-huh. has said, this isn't a good deal. This isn't a 50-50 deal. When you, look, when you look at it from this perspective, you watch Impact, Tony Siobhan and Tony Khan is on there on a weekly basis, just trash talking them. 
Yep. Okay. We have Kenny Omega coming in and laying waste to Rich Swan on a regular basis when yep. he was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. You had Private Party come in and have a match for number one contender for the tag titles. Okay. You I try to shoot him. Uh, right away. No build uh-huh. for that. No nope. nothing. Just you guys get a shot at the end of the Impact Tag Team titles with Matt yeah. Hardy there. That that was that that was just done out of nowhere. But continue. Then you had you know you were gonna send Sammy uh, Guevara there. Guevara there. Okay. So what do we see? All right, we're on AEW. We see the Good Brothers. Okay. The Good Brothers. Okay. The Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. that's weird. So then you go into what Chris Jericho was saying about how this is benefiting Impact. Here's my thing. AEW gets on an average, we'll just say it'll round it and say a million viewers on a weekly basis. Every Wednesday, they pull in about a million eyeballs to their product. So you say you want to help Impact. You look at Impact's numbers, they're not even pushing 200,000. Hmm. Not even pushing to, and that's including their Twitch streams. Now, I may be wrong, but from the majority of the numbers that I've seen, they're not pushing 200,000. So you would think as a company that's saying we're all about helping Impact, you would take some of your wrestlers that are on a 200,000 viewed show on a weekly basis and have them show up on a 1 million viewer show on maybe every other weekly basis. When you have someone from your 1 million viewer show challenging someone for your 200,000 viewer show for the title, you would think, hey, he's been getting his butt kicked a lot. You know, it would be great if he showed up on AEW. And then maybe if you brought some some people over and then you can have the heels come out, maybe you can do a dynamite episode where you might have some impact people and you might have some AEW people. And then what happens is you send all your good guys, all your good wrestlers that know how to put on a good match and know how to tell a story in the ring. And you put them on the show that has a million views. So then everyone that's watching this show that has a million views that may not have heard of impact, I highly doubt, but may have, may not have watched impact in a really long time going, Oh, snaps. These guys are like getting it down in the ring. Let me go over to Impact and see what they got going on because these dudes are pretty dope. That's helping because you're giving more eyes to the product from your million viewers. That's that that's helping. Then he goes on to say, "Well, I don't think an evasion angle would work. I disagree. I think an evasion angle would have been necessary. It would have been key to this partnership. Impact has a pay per view that they title under siege. They've had that for a while." That would have been a good one. That would have been a good pay-per-view to have AEW versus Impact. Your men, and then you have your knockouts, and then your AEW uh, women's division. That would have been a great pay-per-view. But, but we didn't get that. What we got was Kenny Omega winning. And I will say this, the match wasn't bad. Rich Swan had to be carried. I will say that. He was fine in the beginning. When he got to that second half towards the end, he was burnt out. Like, physically tired, physically burnt out and that is only because two things one the way that impact does their schedules for taping shows two more than likely when they're not taping shows they're probably not getting in the ring or doing workouts or whatever the case may be but Kenny had to carry uh Rich Swan the match was it was okay it was fine it was whatever so it's just like what, what what's going on he gets this belt and he gets the AEW 
and you have Michael Nakazawa come out and he has, you know, the 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 impact belt on the triple A belt. It was around and, his waist. He was yeah, carrying the belt. titles and had that belt around his waist. And then Kenny Omega had the AEW belt, which is fine. You're you have a you have the impact belt. So maybe someone's like, oh, what are those belts? Let me go check it out. When he's walking to the ring and that little thing comes up on the screen, it just says AEW champion Kenny Omega. It doesn't say AEW AAA impact champion Kenny Omega. It just says AEW champion. If this is supposed to be a partnership, you should be promoting them as, as much as you, as you can. Like they kind of barely promoted his match with Rich Swan. And now he's going to be at under siege with him and the Good Brothers versus Spin Juice. And I forgot who else. Sammy Callahan. Right. No, Sammy Callahan's in the number one uh, contenders match for the title. I think it's like Eddie Edwards. I don't know. One of those Eddie guys. Edwards, so they're in a, Charlie Eddie Edwards. Yeah, so they have a six-man tag match. So his title is not even on the line at Under Siege. They're doing block recording right now for Impact to take them all the way into July, which I think is their anniversary. Yeah. There has been no 50-50 promotion we don't even get someone um from impact doing something on AEW. we see tony khan and tony siobhan all the time we don't even get scott on there whatever his name is so i'm trying to figure out where where is this this helping because first it was the bringing viewers to impact well it's been shown that with kenny omega on impact some of the views weren't great some of the there was one episode where the views were pretty bad with him on the show. Like, I think 130-something thousand. And there was a previous Impact episode that he wasn't on that had like 140-something, 170-something. So obviously, that's not working. Then, and then, you know, we move the goalposts and we say, well, it wasn't for the viewership on Impact. It was so they can get the really big pay-per-view vibes. And then they go, this is what it's about because the last pay-per-view... Um, they had really big pay-per-view buys. That's great. They had a lot of pay-per-view buys. Oh, wait, there was a pay-per-view last year with Impact that didn't have Kenny Omega before they even had this whole little partnership that got more buys than this one? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's weird. So, I mean, they got good buys, but it still wasn't the, the best pay-per-view buys they've had. They've had better. So I'm just like, where is this, like, where where are we going with this? Like, are we sometime later down the road going to see something? Why haven't we seen any impact women on the show? I kind of want to get into the minds of some of these impact wrestlers. Like, how are you, how are you truly, how do you truly feel about another company coming in, taking your belt and y'all haven't stepped foot on their territory yet, but they've been all over yours, all over yours. Right. So I'm just like, what's, what's, what's like, I need to know, like, what is this deal? Like I, I don't understand how people are not seeing Impact is getting nothing out of this at all. Because they believe that Kenny Omega and AEW, because they're the larger company and they have more money and and status at this moment, they believe that that somehow elevates Impact. Here's my problem with this whole thing. I could understand it better if you said to me, our goal was to get impact 
to was to utilize impact's best talent to bolster ourselves and i could be like well at least you're being honest because that's exactly what you did you used impact and what they had left of leverage to bolster aew you gave them nothing absolutely nothing they did not benefit from this deal in any way, shape, or form. You really, really shit on Rich Swan as the champion. And to say that he somehow had given, he gifted Swan a five-star match is disrespectful, number one. And it also speaks to how you really feel about impact. What Jericho said literally is the equivalent of they're beneath me. I wouldn't show up on their show to begin with. So they're going to get what I give them. That's all. And Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone showing up on their show. You're on my show every week shitting on my content and encouraging people to watch yours. And then you come back with the reinforcement of, well, this benefits impact. How? You're literally telling the audience their, their storylines in wrestling is shit. Make sure you watch AEW Dynamite tomorrow at eight o'clock. How does that reinforce the relationship between you and Impact and your audience, kayfabe or no kayfabe. If I'm sitting there watching TV and I know nothing about wrestling and you come on the screen and you're saying, oh, well, at least we don't work for Impact. <laughs> at least we're not here in this little rinky-dink arena. Why don't you guys come on over to AEW this Wednesday? We got a great show for you. What are oh, you going to do? Excuse me, uh, fucking Tony Khan. Hi. The only reason you have the stadium that you have is because it's your daddy's football team. That missed me with that bullshit. What What are you going to do? You're going to, if you're not a wrestling fan and you're just a one-off fan who happens to come across this, you're going to watch AEW. They're going to be like, well, why are they shitting on these people? Well, what do they have to offer that? Hey, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it, whatever. It's so disrespectful. And then you, you we don't know if you're in character or not, but again, it speaks volumes about how you really feel about impact. You said, I, Chris Jericho, would never wrestle in front of an empty crowd. Sir, you did. Let's. Let's just be honest. AEW is the only reason Jericho still has a career. If you what you call what you do in the ring wrestling, then that's fine. But I don't yeah. call it wrestling when you when you're still trying to do lion salts and you're damn near busting yourself in the head, or when you're walking out to the ring and it looks like your legs are about to snap from underneath you. Because you got two braces, you need to be wearing them, but you don't. So let's just we'll get keep to it me. real. I think what gets me the most is so like Tiff was saying, you have Tony Siobhan and Tony Khan on Impact talking a bunch of shit. And so you you just happen to so happen to be come upon Impact. You see them talking mess about this company. Then you continue to watch and you see this other company 
is literally beating the crap out of this company's champion all the time. So then you go and you you watch, let's say you haven't watched AEW, and then you go over to AEW and you don't see this champion on AEW either. Okay, that's where you want, go back and watch Impact and they're still talking mess about Impact. Then the other company's champion who already has a belt beats this company's champion. If I've never seen wrestling and this is what I'm seeing, why would I want to watch Impact? I'm going to go over to AEW. Like, dude, this dude just like murdered your champion. You guys have been talking nothing but mess. Ain't nobody getting get back. You guys are getting beat up all the time. Why would I want to watch your show? I'm just, I'd rather just watch AEW because this dude's collecting a bunch of belts. But just because you're collecting belts doesn't make you a good wrestler, though. No, it doesn't because the thing is from, so the thing is with Kenny Omega and collecting belts, I feel like AEW is trying to build Kenny Omega up as this like grand, great wrestler. He's so good. He's just taking all these belts from different companies. The problem is the company he's taking belts from, who's watching them? No, I respect no that AAA. They, they do. <laughs> well, I'm saying like, but he, but he has belts over in America. Now, if this was over in Mexico, I can see that. But no one is really watching Impact. And you'd be hard-pressed to, to see if more than maybe 50,000 people watch AAA. I don't even know if AAA is on a TV station in America. So uh... he's collecting belts from companies that in America doesn't really have a lot of eyeballs on them. So how are you supposed to build them as this grand wrestler when not a lot of people are watching the product of the belts that you're wearing? Dude, I don't fucking know, man. I just, this is just not a good thing all around. This, I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna manifest what we said in the last show. I hope Andrade beats the holy living shit out of Kenny Omega and takes that title off of him. And then if they're going to go with Callahan, because this is, this is bullshit. They Callahan, Callahan works best when he can be a fucking angry pit bull, let off his leash and just let him destroy shit. If you, if you don't let, if I don't see Callahan, fucking Kenny Omega on a, on Dynamite then I, I... the thing is I don't think Callahan's winning though and that's think, bullshit because it's a six man it has Chris Bay some other people Moose and Sammy Callahan I think Moose is going to win it because if you remember Rich Swan beat Moose to get those two titles so I think Moose is probably going to win, and then we'll probably see Moose versus Omega. Nobody wants to see that, though. Who Who's begging to see Moose versus Kenny Omega? You'll be surprised. Okay. I'm not. Well, you will be surprised. Where's Jericho? I'm hoping you retire. You crawl back on your knees to WWE and suck that peen so you can get that ring. Anyway, well, the ladies mentioned it. And it's that Kenny Omega's friend, I don't know his name, Naka something. Michael Nakazawa. Nakazawa, okay. Nakazawa was wearing the TNA Impact title 
around his waist. And I, I, I take offense to it because I feel like it's disrespectful. And Bully Ray, you know, he um, runs Busted Open Radio and he had a tweet and he said, and I'm quoting what he said. If I'm management or owners of Impact Wrestling, I'd be fucking fuming that their World Heavyweight Championship was being carried out by a knock of nobody and not at least over the shoulder of Omega. Perception is reality. This goes back to what I said before. AEW really doesn't respect Impact in any way, shape, or form, despite the fact that Impact was its predecessor, okay? So... Am I surprised that Naka um, was wearing it? No, but Nakazawa is not the champion. And I get it. Kenny was on AEW. He should be wearing the AEW title, but he should have not allowed him to be wearing his belt. He could have been carrying it over his shoulder. He got two other fucking belts. Or, I don't know, maybe not come out there with the other fucking belts. See, this how you're not going to mention them. They're not going to be talked about you only care about them when it's necessary. So why are you, what, just don't wear them. Wear the belt for the each respective show. That makes sense to me. I find it very disrespectful, um, but you also have to remember the, the official picture that they took with Kenny Omega, the TNA world title, the fucking plate was hanging off of it. Um. It's the only way Michael Nakazawa will ever get a title. Let's just be completely honest. Oh my God. But if I saw that, I agree with Tiff. Like, if you're not gonna fucking even be, like, on the card or whatever, the little nameplate that shows up when you come out, that you're not even TNA Impact Champion, why the fuck are you even bringing the, the belt there? It, it's just, uh, it just reeks of it just because you don't see him coming out with the triple a championship he had it with him oh he did yeah motherfucker michael was carrying it michael had all his other belts so he's just the he's the belt bitch then (laughs) it is one thing because before anyone says it is one thing say like someone in wwe or uh like we'll say impact for example because at one point joe had Joe had all the titles, but he carried them. This motherfucker had one around his neck. Like, I was just like, damn, can I? I want to hang off of his neck like that belt. Honestly. <laughs> but, um, but it's like you have one person carrying all the titles. Now, if you're in a group like Evolution was, sometimes you would have someone come out who was still part of the group. I think Evolution did this a couple of times where Hunter was champion, but Rick would. Uh, Rick Flair came out with them and he carried the, the title for him, but that was in company. You, yeah. it, it's just showing that you have no respect for Impact and the fact that if, if I was an Impact head, okay, if I was in charge of something at Impact and I was watching AEW and I saw this dude who's not even shown up once on my side of the show and I don't even know see like I don't even know who the hell this guy was I'd be like who's this motherfucker carrying my title or our our title our belt you know I'd be pissed I'd be calling Tony like look you come out here and you shit on us but you 
Like, no, that is mad disrespectful. And the fact that he's doing that for the triple A title, I don't watch a whole lot of triple A because it comes on like last time I saw it, it was on some Spanish network that came on at like three o'clock in the morning. But like, and I tried to stay up and watch it, but I fell asleep like five minutes before it came on. But it's like triple A, any Mexican or like any Mexican or Japanese promotion is built on respect. And if I, if, if someone from AAA saw that, I would be fucking pissed. I'd be like, so this guy thinks this low of our title, even though we've let his goofy ass have it for two fucking years. I'd be on the phone with Andrade like, hey, so we don't want you to really have a match. We want you to have a two minute uh, job match. We're going to make Kenny drop the title to you. But for about five minutes, we're just going to have you whoop his ass and we're going to look the other way. That is mad disrespectful in my book. So you know what? I hope he loses that AEW title. Even if it's like, I want someone just to show up. Now, it could be Sammy Callahan. It could be Rich Swan, It could be uh, Chris Bay. It could be any one of those guys. It could be fucking Moose at this point for all I care. Yeah. I, want someone to take, no, I want someone to take that AEW title and I want them to fucking stomp on it and i mean not like just place up like i want them to wear fucking heavy boots and just like curb stomp that shit like it owes you money like that's what i wanted to do at this yeah. point mad disrespectful today you got anything to say or you're good um i mean he had the aw title around his belt i think he could have at least held the current um impact belt on his shoulder um just him just having the AEW title and then having Michael Nakazawa hold the other three just shows he doesn't care AEW doesn't care and you can sit there and say well that's part of his character but it's like me that was my character I'd put it on my shoulder because I'm going to rub it in your face that I have your company's title that's how I would show but uh, yeah I agree with uh Bubba like it's I don't know what they're doing, to be honest. I don't know. Maybe it's in their contract and Impact realized they got screwed, but they have to go along with it. Or someone backstage at Impact's like, this is great. But I personally, unless there's something that's going to happen in the future with Impact and AEW, I can't personally see how any wrestler back there is okay with whatever this partnership is. You know, they're probably not. And to be honest, when all this is done and done, and because um, you know they have that, uh, I don't want to call it a grace period, but it's kind of like you can't say anything while this is still going on. I'm pretty sure a year after all this is said and done, you know people who were in that locker room or still part of that locker room when all that was going down, they're going to come out and they're going to be pissed and they're going to just, they're going to release fucking everything. And they're going to talk about all the bullshit that went down. I guarantee that. Well, continuing on the vein of AEW, blood and guts happened. <laughs> uh, it's past Wednesday, blood and guts happened. Well, I didn't watch Blood and Guts. It came on a, right after an hour and 15 minutes of Dynamite. They put on a 45-minute match. 
and they pretty much had it set up the way War Games is, but without the rings being fully connected on the inside. The massive cage, they went at it. Now, somebody else is going to have to give you guys the short version of details on the match itself because I didn't watch it. So I did. So, first watched. off, the ring was a lot bigger. Um, everyone knows if you've watched NXT, when you look at the cage to the ring, there's very little wiggle room, which makes it even better when someone gets thrown in there. It's like, ooh, they're half of their bodies being graded up against the side of the ring and they're just bouncing on the ropes on the other side. For this one on, on um, AEW, there was a good th three feet distance between the ring and the rope. So it was kind of like someone got thrown over. They'd hit the thing and they would, just, they would hit the, the, the cage and they would just kind of fall down. Um, basically, it, it was a bunch, it was a razor blade fest. They were all blading. The cameras picked up them pulling blades out of their wrist tape. Um, which they should have done better than that. The match started out, it was okay, it was fine. Um, and then the minute everyone got in there, it seemed like either they were short on time, so they had to like make it longer, but there was there was no direction. When you watch NXT throughout the match, there's some kind of direction. Something was thought out, something was produced. Obviously, you're going to have points in time in the match, regardless where some people are standing around or, you know, doing something to get a break. But with this one, it was just, it was very messy. It seemed like they were all in the ring standing there because they didn't know what to do. And basically, um, Sammy Guevara went to go do a, a, he went to go do something, basically crash landed on his head. Um, then the, the match kind of just shifted towards, MJF and um, um, Chris Jericho. So they climbed to the top and you could obviously see in the beginning of the match, there was a, what I thought in the beginning was a crash pad, but in reality, it was just a bunch of cardboard boxes. Um, so the match went to the top, obviously Jericho bladed. I caught that on camera with my phone. I was like, oh, look, he's blading. Um, and then right before MJF was gonna throw him over, Sammy Guevara comes out and says they surrender. That was the end of the match. Very anticlimactic. Then afterwards, uh, Chris Jericho is kind of just chilling there. You can visibly tell, see when he tells MJF to throw him off the cage, which is fine. WWE has had some times where you've caught wrestlers giving commands or the big one where I don't know if everyone saw it was on my TV that after when they first initially started doing wrestling without people there, when they went to commercial break, um, one of the cameras was still on and you could see the wrestlers kind of chilling, talking, having a grand old time, waiting for the commercial to come back. But when Chris Jericho fell, when he fell, the camera zoomed in like a very tight, like a tight, tight zoom in. And you can see that what he landed on was cardboard and the metal grating was cardboard with metal grating sticker on top they didn't even they didn't even bother to paint the underside and so when he fell none of it broke it bent and some of the stuff is kind of like tilted up because of how you disperse your weight um it was bad and i was reading comments from people that were actually there and they even said it it was just like the match was good in the beginning um but towards the end it looked really messy it looked like they didn't know what to do but they had a 
do something for time. When MJF and Jericho went to the top, um, everyone else in the ring was just kind of hanging out and chilling. There was no like fighting going on. Um, and there was a lot of blading. And that's, that's just what happened. And it's, it was pretty sad because, <laughs> and I say this all the time, I'm not opposed from either company or even either any other wrestling company taking an idea from another wrestling company and kind of making it their own. When you look at NXT, regardless of it being war games or just anything, when they're doing something where someone's going to go through something, they either they build it into the stage or it's just a seamless stage that goes all the way to the ring. And if they're going to put someone through that stage, you would usually have really thin plywood then you'll have a crash pad underneath and then from the crash pad to the plywood there's a little bit of space so when they fall through you can hear the crunch of the plywood and then by the time the camera goes in to look they're not completely zooming in but they're zooming in enough to where you can see that they're hurt or they make sure the crash pad is blending in with the rest of the surroundings on the ground AEW, like I remember Nicole was saying, people that were in that match have worked in WWE. You have people in the back that have worked for WWE. Why didn't anyone say, hey guys, this may not have been a great idea. We should have done something because they didn't even make the platform uniform. It was just this huge platform where you're just like, okay, I know someone's going to go over and someone's going to fall. And the camera angles were just were just bad. And it was anticlimactic. You literally had Sammy Guevara surrender have the match be done with, and then he still threw him off the side. I would have rather had MJF thrown Jericho off to the side, keep the camera on MJF, like show Jericho falling, keep the camera on MJF, because when you're on, when you're actually there, you, you see everything, regardless if you want, you'll see everything. Have Jericho move out the way really quickly, they remove everything, and then re-show him laying on the concrete, something. It was just bad, and again, it's another big match, that Tony Khan hyped up, that AEW hyped up, that did not deliver. And people were not happy about it. Didn't they give them refunds? Or yeah, they were paying refunds yeah, again? Like, they finally people. issued them refunds because of the length of time it took to set up the cage for the Blood and Guts match. Which I don't believe because I sent pictures into the podcast chat where the cage was already up before the pay-per-view had even started. So I honestly, and then it was more so because they didn't clarify with people that this was just a one match thing. Me personally, if I was there, I would have got a refund regardless. I get a refund, so I basically get to see a free show. Yeah, it sucked. I'll take a refund. Give me my money back so I can use it. A lot of people said they weren't sure. They didn't know that they were going into this watching AEW Dynamite on the Titan Tron and then watching a full-on 45-minute match. They thought Blood and Guts was going to be a pay-per-view of some kind. Technically, it was. Not necessarily a pay-per-view, but like a TV pay-per-view, you know. So, I can't speak to the validity of the match because I didn't watch it. But from what I do know and from what from what I heard, it's it's like this. Um, 
they're stunt queens, like I've I've been saying for the last year and a half. They do a lot of grandiosity, a lot of grandstanding. And then when it comes down to the big time, you guys don't execute, you do not deliver. And that's the sad part because we know that you're capable of doing that. I've seen what you're capable of. I've never said that AEW didn't deserve to be in existence. I've never said that, oh, well, AEW is, is the, ain't, ain't even up to par when it comes to WWE because we all know that WWE has made boneheaded ass mistakes that are similar, if not worse, to what AEW has done. So I'm not judging you based off of that. What I'm judging you on is their ability to be able to give me quality. You sell me on quality and then you give me mediocrity. So I can't I, I, I can't really respect what you're bringing to the table because at the same time, you continue to act as if people should just know how great you are or how great you're becoming. And just about everybody in your company acts this way. All of you, you all have this grandiosity. It's, I mean, we're AEW. Millions of people watch our show every week. So millions of people watch Scandal every week. Millions of people watching Grey's Anatomy every week. Millions of people watch Survivor. Hell, just last week, millions of people was watching The, um, the Mad Singer. What does that mean? It means a lot of people like watching your show, baby. But it don't make you any better than any other wrestling company that's out there. It just means you have the means to be able to garner millions of views. With all that being said, you do have the talent to maintain it, but what are you doing with it? You're putting on half-assed matches. You're putting on matches with Kenny Omega and, and fucking John Moxley, and then you want to call it a death match and you give us sparklers. Then you blame, then you blame the people who set it up. Oh, it's their fault. No, it's your fault because you didn't make sure that you ran the test before the show happened. You didn't make sure that you had staff on standby to make sure that that shit went off like it was supposed to. That's your fault. It's also your fault that your camera work is shoddy. There's no reason why Janae should be sitting up looking at people blading. I didn't even see the damn show. From the clip she saw, you could clearly see Jericho rubbing his head on his arm and his hand, and all of a sudden he's bleeding. Why? He ain't been hit hard enough to be bleeding. There's no reason for y'all to be blading. That is some old school old outdated bullshit that doesn't need to happen if all you resting on is the fact that jericho's bow-legged old spongebob square pants looking ass is bleeding in the middle of the fucking ring and mjf in all his glory is bleeding and that's why it's called blood and gluts well fucking a you did it congratulations everybody's bleeding don't mean the quality of your show was any better, but y'all lived up to the title, I guess. It's so, it's ridiculous. Y'all uh, have to do better than that. Let me just let me ask this. Um, just because the world is slowly opening back up again, and I just mean slowly as shit. Um, riddle me this, Batman. Isn't there several states where blading is fucking like 
not gonna say illegal, but they're not allowed to fucking blade. Yeah, but Florida ain't one of them. So are they really gonna expect? The, are they really gonna have a pay per view? I don't even call it a pay per view because first off, I didn't watch all of it. I watched clips. So Janae, more fucking power for you having to sit through that bullshit. Like you just <laughs> you're getting a raise. You're going from zero to double zero. There you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> all in one fucking place. Um, and it's just like, okay, they only have four pay-per-views a year. So if you're going to have a show that has a clickbait title and this is what you deliver, because I'm... I, I I hate blading just because I look at Devon Dudley's fucking forehead and that man cannot move his forehead. Like his eyebrows are like permanently like stuck. Like he, he can't show any emotion with his eyebrows. His forehead's like just fucking scarred. Same issue with Tommy Dreamer. I would love to see the fucking scar tissue on all those guys' foreheads. I know that sounds weird, but it's like, you're going to go blading is so fucking dangerous and even the old school guys who have done blading have said there is no reason why they need to do this anymore no fucking reason why they need to do this anymore the entire match I don't even want to call it that because at one point when, when Jericho and MJF and I'm a huge, and y'all know I'm a huge MJF fan, but I'm like, baby, what are you doing? Like, no, you're no, like you're only you're in your mid twenties. Don't be fucking up your forehead. Like, come on. I get up to the. It's like and Janae out. Jericho and MJF are on top of the cage. Cage looks like fucking hell. Like the like second first version of Hell in a Cell. Where everything looks like it's being held together by zip ties. I'm thinking these fuckers are going to fall right fucking through. Now, in WWE, when they have war games, because pretty much all this was was just war games with blood. And we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah, they could do like rest holds because everyone knows your attention is going to go to the top of the cage. Because that's where the two big guys are. Okay? You still... Do something in the ring, like trying to really climb up the cage to get to your dude, but the other guy pulls you. And it's like they stopped, like everyone just stopped what they were doing and just looked up. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? This looks so unprofessional. And y'all know better. Majority of you in that fucking ring right now knows better. And then, like, Jericho gets thrown out again, and then MJF's just bleeding like a goddamn stuck pig. And we talked about this. War Games last year, both the men and women were two of the most brutal fucking matches to go on that year. Not one ounce of blood was shown. No one bled. And they were doing stuff like Io Shirai fucking jumped off the fucking uh, war game cell in a goddamn trash can. Trash can on her head. Mm-hmm. That's all trust right there. You got to trust yeah. that they don't catch you. So the thing is with the men's war game, there was there was blood because it wasn't because they were blading. Because I think one of the guys got his eyebrows cut open, but that was like towards the end. And then Bobby Fish got like a laceration. 
but it wasn't because they they pulled out a razor blade and was cutting their head because the it was the, of, the, of the match yeah it was a casualty of the match but this one the thing is like i can understand it would have been a lot better if the camera didn't pick up on people blading their forehead but like the camera picked it up and it's just like you guys are going to blade then you need to learn how to do it to where it's like no one can see you blading but when the camera picks up picks picks you up pulling the blade out and basically blading your forehead I'm just like what's the point if you have to blade for people to be entertained by your match something's wrong because if you think about it, I was saying in the live, I was like, if you would have took the blading out of that match, no blading, nobody was bleeding, I guarantee you people would have been like, this was a pretty lackluster match because it wasn't really that much wrestling. Like when you compare it to NXT, like there's, there, they use tables, they use trash cans, they use um, like little bamboo sticks, they use all of that. But it's so consistent throughout the match where someone is doing something. They were, there was a point where all of uh, the pinnacle was just down and everyone was just like hanging out. And you see that in NXT too, but it's like the way, the way they did it, it was more like, oh, we don't know what else to do. And it was just like, if you take the blading out of it and you say, compare this to the most recent men's uh, war games or the most recent women's war games and tell me which one was better. The only reason why people liked it so much because it was so much blood. That's all it really was. I love seeing people just hell out of each other. But it's like you can have matches where people just beat the shit out of each other. Like everyone gives WWE shit. WWE knows they need to keep these, these women for long periods of time. There's no way. You know for a fact that if someone got caught blading in WWE, their ass would be gone. Like, as soon as they got in the back. The thing is, is really, I'm going to be honest. I don't mind the blading when it's done properly. This was unnecessary and overdone. It was overkill. You're talking about having a match and people are climbing the cage. And instead of y'all trying to get the the drop on the people y'all in the match with, at least continuing the kayfabe with that. Y'all just stop and start watching them climb the cage as if you did not know this was going to happen. It was blatant. I could understand if somebody knocked you out with a chair, you know, and you laid out on the floor and you've been writhing in pain on the floor and you're like, fuck it, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just take a break. <laughs> they got the cameras trained on the top of the damn cage anyway. Ain't nobody gonna see me. So I can understand that. But come on, like no, it's it's inexcusable because yeah, was- you've done better and you know you can do better. And now you're just putting out anything and making it seem like it's the golden match of the year. And it's bullshit. It's just it's not it's not good. It's not good. Like yeah, the thing about it was it wasn't just Jericho that was caught. Literally, almost everybody that bladed was caught on camera pulling the blade out. Because everyone that was bleeding profusely, they all were blading. They all bladed. And, and I get it. You're on TV and the camera is focused um, on MJF and Jericho. So obviously you're not seeing what's going on, going on in the cage. And 
I understand that people in the audience know what's going on in the cage and they may not be too concerned about them seeing them all chill and hang out and everything. But it's it's just it was just poorly done in my opinion. Like I didn't and the thing about it is I love hardcore matches. I always say if I was ever a wrestler, I would definitely do a hardcore matches. And to be honest, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of blood. But if y'all were to see what they look like, I mean, it wasn't like a simple blade of like the first like top layer of skin. Those had to have been deep bladed cuts for them to be bleeding that profusely. Like deep bladed cuts. And it's just, if this is how you're gonna do your matches where everyone is blading, like the only time I think no blades were involved is when um, Sammy accidentally busted open Matt Hardy. Because I'm pretty sure Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, I'm pretty sure there was a blade involved with that one as well. But there's, there's, that was a, yeah. Yeah. All I'm just saying is that there's safer ways to do uh, fucking, to do fucking blood. Like, there's, there's different options and shit. Like, go old school. Like, fucking get some red uh get some corn syrup and some red food coloring dude you'd be fucking set <laughs> the thing is i'm fine with thanks i'm fine with like if you're bleeding because exactly. you just had like a really like let's say you have like a table ladders and chairs match or a ladder match or just a hardcore match like when you look at um big e and sheamus they were bleeding no doubt about it but they were bleeding. casualties of the match, though. Yeah, but it was kind of so, like, I'm okay with that. Like, oh, you got, you start, like, uh, Bobby Lashley, he started bleeding because he accidentally hit his head on the thing. It sucks it was an accident, but if it's, like, that kind of thing, I can be like, oh, man, that was a brutal move. But when I'm seeing you blading, I'm just like, okay. It's, it's the irresponsibility for me because you could, like, it's one thing, like, okay, so, like, say, like, we were having a hardcore match mm-hmm. and somebody put a table up there and at one point we're like sitting here discussing it like okay so this is going to be a big spot of the match whoever goes through that table need you know like and it's going to implode it's going to be like you know one of y'all spear me through it and it like just splinters okay like we're going to really sell the shit out of this thing and they're like okay alexis you're the one that's going to be putting through it sell this shit now it'd be one thing if like you know if, you know, and then I like emerge from like the splinters, and I'm fucking just bleeding like that, like I like a, like a cut on my forehead or something. But you know, they're not expecting me to come out of that table look with my goddamn carry. Because <laughs> I mean, one thing if it's like you know, oh, uh, Alexis suffered a small uh, cut on her head because you know table exploded and it cut her head, but he did, like that's one thing. Like, if I came out of a table, like, that's, that's been splintered, and I look like fucking, you know, I would never do this, but, like, if I took a fucking razor blade and cut my skin to the point where I look like Ric Flair, like, just <laughs> completely red mask or whatever, people are gonna be like, what the fuck? Like, come on. Like, be realistic about this shit. I know it's pro wrestling, but goddamn, be responsible shit. We're gonna move on. Now, Kip Sabian has been gone for over a month, and it was due to an injury that he was recovering from. 
They say Kip Sabian still is not going to be back for quite some time, which is why you see Penelope on AEW Dark Wrestling alone and occasionally wrestling on Dynamite alone. So just to mention it because he hasn't been seen, we hope that you get well soon and you show back up and you keep on rocking. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if he's been on AEW Dynamite recently because I haven't been watching it. Um, I do know that Miro did turn on him at one point, and that was the reason why, was because Kip had to leave so that he can go and take care of his injury. Also, Miro is supposed to be the number one contender for the TNT Championship. Meanwhile, they are still pushing um, Scorpio Sky as this big villain, along with that other dude, what's his name, Ethan or? Ethan Allen Page. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So they put <laughs> the guy who used to be a part of the North. He was one half of the North in the, in Impact. Anyway, they're pushing them as this big hill team thing, and they attacked Darby just recently and threw him down a flight of concrete stairs. Darby Allen just—he's a scary individual because he has no care for his life in any way, shape, or form. But. That's pretty much all that we got for AEW. It's been about two hours that we've been going at AEW, so it's nice to move on to another topic, okay? Well, ladies and gents, right now we're going to split this podcast up. We're going to end it here with the AEW recap. We just went over all of the things in the news that was AEW-centered. And we're going to move on in the next episode to MLW and WWE. So I wanted to keep these episodes short. I didn't want them to be super long. I wanted to make sure you could enjoy the podcast without it being long-winded and drawn out. As you all know, we have been known to be. So with all that being said, make sure you follow us on our social media, on Twitter, which is at DownForTheCount19, and as well on our Instagram, which is at D4TC underscore podcast. And of course, you can always make sure you follow our affiliate, our homie, our pals at Black Wrestling Alliance on Instagram. You can find um, Pretty Heels on Instagram and We Love Wrestling on Instagram, as well as countless others that we have all come to love and if i didn't mention you please charge it to my head and not my heart all right i'll see you guys in the next episode of down for the count peace